Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. I tell you that all the time. Before you say guilty, say Garza. It's something you need to remember during this holiday season. If you go home for Thanksgiving, go out drinking the Wednesday before, link up with your boys, link up with your girls, get in trouble. If you get in trouble in the state of Tennessee, there's one name you're going to need to know, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm, 865-540-8300, 865-540-8300, DUI defense, criminal defense, personal injury. If you need a lawyer, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. All right, let's get to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Sunday, November 4th. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, what's up, man? Not much, John. How you doing today, buddy? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's a time change day, which makes everybody bitch about it, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to we're just going to press forward. Yep, we're going to press forward. I'm not going to think about the fact that it's going to be entirely depressing that I don't see the sun at all tomorrow, but I'm just going to be a man about it and move on. You got to. You got to. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. I do it for people like you. Appreciate you keeping us safe. I really do appreciate it. You coming know, up for the game? You coming up for the game on Saturday? Yeah, I'm coming up Friday. Going to go to the basketball game Friday night, football game Saturday. No, oh, look at that. So. What about Sunday? Uh, what is Sunday? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you got, probably, your, you got, you got your Friday and Saturday planned out. I was wondering I'm what you're doing Sunday. I'm driving home. Maybe you can come hang out and do a podcast or something. I don't know. What time do you usually leave on Sundays? You just get up and go? It just depends if I need to be back for, like, a church thing or not. Yeah. Nothing. Um, I mean, I don't have a set time. It would be nice to do a in-person podcast again. It was so much fun that one time we did it. Yeah, and the, the Lord will understand. <laughs> He'll understand. We all have our jobs. You know, like, you know, got to tend to the oxen and all that, right? Yeah. That's what my dad always says. Tend to the oxen. Got to keep the ox out of the ditch. Is that how it goes? <laughs> I'm not a farmer. Well, I mean, there's a Bible verse about it. You're ta- yeah, ten, ten to the oxen, I believe. Yeah, something the... about keeping ox out of ditches or something. Um, I figured you'd know. Did you were not here for the game? No. You did not come up for Charlotte. No, I barely watched it. I did a a food drive yesterday morning for church, and we had to be out there at 7 a.m. And 
it was miserably cold yesterday morning. So I got up at, I woke up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, was outside by 7, worked all morning long, and then I got back home at like 11.30 with a just horrid headache. And like I just laid in bed and I barely watched the UT game. Like I had the, in the bedroom, I had the Kentucky-Georgia game on. I wasn't really watching it. Um, I was just kind of laying there trying to, feel like a human being again well lucky you because i watched it yeah Luck, l- lucky you. I, I watched a little bit of the second half more of the second half i mean it was pretty pitiful i don't understand dude yeah i don't know what the hell's happened um that was a abysmal performance it was tough to watch i'm not gonna be upset about it just yet i guess i'm gonna wait to see how they look against Kentucky. Obviously, it's a red flag how they played in that game. But, you know, last game against South Carolina, Tennessee did play pretty well overall. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, we ran the ball so well against South Carolina. I mean, comparatively. Yeah. And then we come out yesterday and, like, we can't do anything on the run, on on the ground. And it's just like, what? Like, how does that make any sense? I don't know if it was because they were, you know, they were really rotating the offensive line. You saw mm-hmm. Niehaus out at, at, at tackle with Chance Hall at guard, and they were just kind of moving stuff around. Um, Richmond, I, I think – I don't know if Richmond – I haven't seen anything about him being injured, right? I thought he got benched. Okay, did he just get benched? I mean, maybe. May like, he might have just been like, hey, it's Charlotte. And, like, the whole week of preparation just wasn't ready and then went out on Saturday and wasn't ready. So maybe he, yeah, maybe he just got benched. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't starting against Kentucky, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, surely he starts. Right. So I mean, Callaway said it best in the press post game press were like, "Hey, we underestimated Charlotte." I mean, I think everyone kind of realized that. Apparently, Charlotte came into that game with like the sixth ranked run defense in the country, though. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, apparently, like, it, it's still like it's still crazy to me. They're Division One A in football. Yeah. And not awful. No. Not awful by any means. Like, I mean, like, their Conference USA record's fine. I thought Pruitt was full of shit when he said they're a good team. Yeah. Like, that kind See, of... Yeah, I, I didn't... I just saw that quote. I didn't listen to him say it. When I, I, I saw I, I, it, I, I was like, him. I didn't, I he sarcastic. Did, right? you go, did you go and listen to it? No, I haven't. Okay. But I, when I saw that, I was like, he's being sarcastic, right? I mean... But... Uh, he might not have been. I don't know. He might believe it. I don't know. He might hate his team, so he might believe it. Yeah. He might believe it. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty sad. Like you left. You left that game thinking we won't win another game this year. I didn't. I understand if you did. Like I understand if you came out of that thinking, man, this team sucks and they're not well, going to win again. Well, I don't really think you can extrapolate much from. Game to game, uh-huh. in the SEC, outside of like Alabama, I mean, like I think it's I think there's a lot of average teams in this league. Mm-hmm. Outside of a really really great team and two pretty good teams in Georgia and LSU, yeah. And I think the other eleven, like it is a total toss up on Saturday. I mean, I think it's a total toss up. So.
that's what that's kind of where I'm at in terms of just like, look, it, it's Charlotte. They, you know, they're not a good team. The crowd didn't show up, like, which I'm not blaming the fans. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, there's zero chance in hell I would have gone to that game, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not blaming them. They've been asked to, you know, perform for decades. Years. Right. Yeah. They've been asked to perform, perform for a whole decade without getting any, anything in return. So, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying, like, it was a lethargic performance all around. Mm-hmm. I do think, I believe Kentucky, uh, someone tweeted me, Saying that Kentucky's number twelve in the polls right now is that right? I don't know. I hadn't seen anything. Okay, I guess the new polls maybe just came out and Kentucky stayed at number twelve. So I mean, that seems like a joke. It is. It is. But you are getting a chance for a another top twenty-five win. Another top twenty-five win. A top fifteen win. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be able to say if he wins Saturday, he's going to be able to say, "Hey, we weren't great, but I did beat two top twenty-five teams." Sure. Which is nice. I mean. And, and, and quite frankly, like I, I've been saying this a lot this year, at least on the radio, like you need one of these to go right inside Neyland Stadium too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like, like the, road, to be... the road win against Auburn was great, but y- you need something for the home fans. Yeah, exactly. And it's like we didn't get the Florida game, nope. which we thought was our shot. <laughs> you, and like... you, you did the opposite of uh, get the Florida game. You yeah. got you, The Florida game got you. But we've kind of we've been given a gift here because Kentucky has outpaced anybody's predictions and they're ranked twelfth at seven and two, I guess, and they're not the twelfth best team in the nation. But they're gonna be number twelve on the scoreboard Saturday and it's gonna be loud and you've got a really good chance to get another top twenty five win. So you need to take it. I mean, who knows about Missouri now? Yeah, I mean the the way I feel about it is if you beat if you beat Kentucky, I'll feel good about your chances of beating Missouri. If you lose to Kentucky and you're four and six, I'm not going to feel good about that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tennessee does not want to put itself in the position where it has to win out, especially with a with another disappointing performance for the hometown fans. You know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. imagine that. It's, it, I, by the time Missouri gets here, I imagine it's going to be pretty bitterly cold. Yeah. Right, and it's going to be dark. Or it's either going to be dark or a noon game. One of the two. Neither one seems like a recipe for success in you know mid to late November. Yeah, especially I mean, with the, the team. La- the last good. time we played Missouri at home, it was miserable. Yeah, and that was even when you know Tennessee had a you know a decent chance. Yeah, I mean it was that day Bowl, that we like, needed LSU to beat Florida. Yeah, like at halftime. I mean, you or before halftime, I think it was you realized like, hey, you're not beating. You're not going to the East. You're not winning. The, mm-hmm. You're not winning the East and, and going to the SEC championship. But there still was the the Sugar Bowl opportunities, which made that somewhat, you know, at least enjoyable. Certainly more than we'll be riding on this game. This game against Missouri. Sure, especially if you don't beat Kentucky. Yeah. If you beat Kentucky, I think you'll get a pretty good atmosphere. Yep. But like you said, yeah, I mean, you've you've been gifted. You thought you had one shot. Of a big home win, and, and now instead you have another one, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how I'm looking at it is that, you know, you, you kind of got lucky if you're Tennessee because you have a legit chance in November for a big home win over a ranked team, and that's not something Tennessee normally has because November is normally, yeah, our schedule's front-loaded. And so, you know, like, Tennessee really needs to take this. We play better outside of Neyland Stadium for whatever reason, I feel like. 
Well, I think it's because it's, we ne- I think it's because we never have any positive reinforcement inside of it. That's kind of what I think it is. I mean, I, I think it's a. I think when you have a hundred thousand people there groaning after every mistake because they're conditioned to get kicked in the dick, like I think that plays into things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're used to getting kicked in the dick inside of Neyland Stadium. At least a whole, you know, a whole generation pretty much is. Which is sad to yeah. say, but it's, you know, it's true. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sad to say, but who can blame them? Yeah. You know, I mean, who can who can blame UT's fans? I mean, I'm the same way. When something goes bad at the beginning of a game in Neyland Stadium. I imagine you go, oh, and just put I'm your just head. Like, I'm just like, here we go again. I mean, here we go again. Like, I don't expect to win a game in Neyland Stadium until, like, the clock strikes zero, I feel like. I mean, I, st- I still remember vividly just halftime of the Oklahoma game, just pacing in the concourse, knowing we were going to lose. And who can blame us for feeling like that? Right. So, but Tennessee's got Tennessee's got a really good opportunity Saturday. At, I guess it's three Eastern or four three, Eastern. Three thirty is what I've seen. Three, okay, okay, three. It's SEC bad. Network, but it's three thirty, which is weird. I thought those were at four, but I don't know what the hell's going on. But yeah, it's three thirty. So I mean, Tennessee—they really need to take this game. I mean, I don't think Kentucky is that good. I think they're better than they normally are, but uh, they're not the twelfth best team in the nation. Uh, do you agree with me that it'll get? ugly if Tennessee loses with another offensive performance like that? Or is it just like, everyone kind of just like, eh, whatever, it's the first year, who cares? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just it's think, hard to say. I think the noise around Tyson Helton and this offense and Garantano versus Chris, like, I feel like that'll just be at a fever pitch if Tennessee I mean, comes out and looks like shit on offense. Like, I mean, I think it's fair to say Pruitt and Helton have had some ideological disagreements. Sure. Because, I mean, Helton's moved down to the box. We've changed what we were doing some. And some of that, like, we've changed what we were doing. Some of that might just be Helton kind of coming into his own. Like, I thought he did a really good job at the South Carolina game. But you also read stuff about how Pruitt was spending a lot of time with the offense. And he was helping out with the wide receivers a lot. So... I think it's fair to say that if the offense has the type of performance you're talking about, that Helton could get fired at the end of the season. I think there's a chance he could move on. I mean, you know, I I think there's going to be – there will probably be opportunities for him to move on. But I don't know. I mean – you know, if his brother keeps his job at USC, he might want to hire Tyson back. Um, now that T. Martin has got demoted, so yeah, like what 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 was the deal there? Like, should should that have been a red flag, or was it just like, hey, you can't fire T. Martin if you're Clay Helton last year? The fact that they didn't just promote like his brother, or like he didn't keep his. I think brother. they couldn't fire. T- they couldn't fire T. Martin. Like somebody was gonna, somebody was gonna give him, somebody was gonna let him call plays. 
I, I guess they, they just had to wish that he would have taken like the South Alabama job or the or was it the Georgia Southern job or some shit yeah, like that. Like you couldn't get rid of him because he's so positive for recruiting and like he was gonna leave if you didn't let him call plays eventually because somebody would let him be an offensive coordinator somewhere. So you know, I mean, he was more valuable to the staff than Tyson just because. He's the recruiter, and Clay called plays for a while at USC Yeah, as the head coach, and then I guess he had to give it up, too. I mean, it looks like Clay Helton didn't long for that job, but, I mean, if... Now, they're somehow right now like 28th or something like that in recruiting. Like, they're not even recruiting well anymore. Yeah, I mean, if Brom... Like, I just don't know how Louisville cannot fire Petrino. And so, obviously, if that happens, they're going to hire Jeff Brom. And so, is he going to want Tyson Helton back? I mean, they had some monster offenses at Western Kentucky together. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be that could be an avenue for Tyson Helton to where he doesn't have to be fired, but he can go and he can be with somebody that he agrees with more, that is more his style, and Pruitt can go and we can go get somebody else. Kind of had this discussion last night. I hate I hate that I do. We're starting to do this podcast on like a Sunday afternoon after we do after I do the post game show because I mean sometimes it seems like the topics are kind of recycled and I know some people listen yeah. to both. So, but like something that was approached was like if, if Helton doesn't leave, do you keep him or do you fire him? Like if he doesn't go and, and say that the I mean because everybody's reporting all the rumors are that these two like don't get along, right? Like they're always butting heads. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's been I don't think it's been especially vicious. No, but, but sure, th- like it just seems like they don't necessarily agree. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like like we talked about. I mean, the guy had to he came down from the box and the two weeks before the Auburn game, like Pruitt worked extensively with the offense at several positions. Mm-hmm. And it was mentioned specifically he was teaching the wide receivers how to go high point the ball. And then we come out against Auburn, and what do we do? We high point the ball our way to a win. Yeah, I mean, all it was was high pointing the ball. So, um, you know, I, I just do. Do we want to give our offensive players a third system in a third year? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I would think you rather that... would you rather have that, or to maybe suffer again for year two, and then you know you're looking for a new coordinator in year three in a year that no, everyone's. I say, I say, if you don't think it's going to work, go ahead, you and scrap do it. it. You scrap it now before because... wasting another year of people's time. Yeah. yeah. Especially if this isn't. Well, I don't. I don't know. Do you think this is the offense Pruitt wants to run right now, and this isn't the offense Helton wants to run? Is that the issue here? I don't know. I think. I don't know what Jeremy Pruitt wants to run. To me, this seems more like a Pruitt thing. I might be completely wrong on this. But I mean, oh, we've seen we, we've seen what Helton's done like in his limited time of calling plays, like with Western Kentucky, and you know he wasn't even really calling plays. It was Jeff Brom's offense, like yeah. you said. Um, so, or was it Petrino? He was with Petrino, right? Was he with, was he with Petrino or Brom? I guess he was with Petrino. I don't know. Uh, he, either one, whatever. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, like they're it's both not, the same. They're both, both of the same offenses. Don't want to do what Jeremy Pruitt does. Sure, and like this offense doesn't seem. Like that offense, right? Like we all kind of thought there'd be a lot more shots down the field. We kind of thought it would be a lot more uh, opened up, if you will. To yeah, me, but, like, but you know, we also talked about like the South Carolina game. We, th- I thought, we thought that the offense, the offensive game plan, like they said, okay, here's what we have on this team, 
Now, we're going to call plays and scheme around what we have. We're not going to do what we want to do because we can't. Sure. We, so, I thought – you know, I thought I thought South Carolina was really good. Now I'm willing to say yesterday to say who cares? Like you got the win, sure. Who cares? Like move I, on. Now you got three games left, and I'm saying if if the three game if he doesn't do anything in these three games, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on at all. I don't personally know what Pruitt's philosophy is at Alabama. I mean, I mean, at, at, because when he was at Alabama, you know, this last time, I mean, they were. He won a national title, you know, and he basically had a running back at quarterback, and then they put two in the national title game, and then when he was at Florida State, they had the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know what Pruitt wants. I mean, well, if I'm nobody- gu- if I'm guessing, it's more of the control the game, run short passes, and then let the defense win. Like that's kind of what I thought it would be his ideal philosophy. Kind of what we tried to do yesterday, and it didn't look pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah, it might be. I, I kind of assumed I he'd know. be more like the old school Alabama, like we're going to build a really good defense and and manage games. I might be yeah. completely wrong on that. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't we'll, know. Fi- I guess I don't we'll find out. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, I and guess we'll find out. So, look, I, I'm I'm cool with Tyson Helton if these last three games it's like it was against South Carolina. Like, I'm cool with keeping him. Sure. Because you're going to get two five-star offensive tackles. You're going to get some wide receivers. You know, you're going to have another year. Like, we're going to be better. The defense is going to be better to help him out. So, you know, I mean. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out this Kentucky game. This Kentucky game is interesting because, you know, if you, like you said, come out with a game plan like you had sort of against Auburn and or, you know, I guess if you have as much success as you did against Auburn. I don't even know if I liked the game plan as much as just, you know, you executed some, you know, jump balls and high point mm-hmm. ball and all that. The game plan against South Carolina was good for three quarters. Really for four quarters, honestly. Really I saw, for- yeah, the South Carolina game plan was, was better than the Auburn game plan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so if you have that type of performance against Kentucky, I think this calms down. If you lay another egg offensively, I think it's going to get loud about the quarterback. I think it's going to get loud about – the offense in general, I do think it's going to be a a blow-up waiting to happen. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, what, like, ho- ho- like, hopefully you just beat Kentucky. Like, What do people even want about the quarterback? Do they, do they still want to play Chris? Are there people that still want to play Keller Chris? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just Garantano, man, he has no clock in his head. Mm-hmm. He has no clock in his head. It's tough to watch your quarterback just get the shit beat out of him. And it makes him, you know, just kind of gun-shy in other situations too. Like, I mean, I, 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 the, there was an egregious play that the announcers kind of harped on, and there's a clip going around, you know, the internet of of a – it was either second and 11 or third and 11, and you had a, a open Dominic Wood Anderson, right? He's like he's, – he's got an easy 15-yard completion, and Garantano just immediately dumps it down to his left for a one-yard gain. Like, doesn't, like, doesn't trust the protection, doesn't either go through the reads or just is too scared to throw it. I don't know what the hell happened. But, like, when you see stuff like that – come out in the middle of a seven-point offensive performance against Charlotte, yeah, people are still going to be unhappy with the quarterback play. Yeah. I just – I don't – I still say, you know, the only way you can play Keller – the only reason you play Keller Christ right now is if you think it is a clear – like he 100% undoubtedly gives you a better chance to get to a ball. And if he does, 
then I say you go for it. Mm-hmm. But they better be like they better understand the consequences of that, which is that you're going to have to spend the entire off season building Garantano back up. Yeah, like that 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 was uh, that was kind of my premise. Is like you are at the point right now, this Kentucky game, where you might fail both of your missions, right? Like to navigate a bowl game while keeping Garantano happy and in line to be your quarterback for the next year. Like you might, with a bad performance against Kentucky, have no choice but to abort, go to Crest, probably still not make a bowl game and piss your quarterback off. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 like, I've appreciated what they've done with Garantano so far. Just like, they've just been like, you know, we're going with you, ride or die. Because, like, I mean, seriously, there's, like, you got to answer, like, you got to be prepared to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to spend nine months building Garantano back up. And, like I said, you can do it. But you better only do it if you're if if Chris is clearly going to give you a better chance to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And if he ain't, then I don't think it's worth it. Do you think we and beat I Kentucky? Just, I don't know. Oh, what's the line? Is the spread come out? Yeah, it came out. Kentucky's favored by three and a half. Okay. Where do you think it should be? I guess around right there. I mean, who knows? Like, Kentucky looks so bad against Missouri. And they looked so bad yesterday. But, like, South Carolina gouged us on the run. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like fun to try to stop Benny Snell in the run game, right? And especially with a quarterback who can maneuver, yeah, and kind of scramble. That seems. like I mean, a, I just I feel like they can just wear us down with Snell. Yeah, I mean, you know, is Trayvon Flowers going to be back? Is is Micah Abernathy going to be back? Because our safeties are bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense to the guys that are playing, but they're bad. It'd and, be nice. It'd be nice if they both uh, got back. It would be. Did we see? Did did you? Did JJ Peterson play? I don't know against Charlotte. I never saw him. If he did, I don't know. Maybe it's you know like uh, maybe it's time to quit kind of thinking he might give us anything this year. Yeah, I think it's time to. I think what we have is what we got, and mm-hmm. it's what we're gonna get. And we need to just focus on that. Hope that, you know, we stay healthy. Ty Chandler stays healthy. Um, and that the defense continues to get better as they have. And we can shore up the run game a little bit on defense. I mean, yesterday was just a. I mean, the only good thing about yesterday, well, it's two good things about yesterday. You won. And you didn't get hurt. Yeah, it's not like Tennessee's had very many wins, you know? Mm-hmm. That is a takeaway. It's like, hey, at least you didn't lose, I guess. I mean, I know it sounds cheesy. And I know Pruitt's not one of these guys that takes moral victories. But I guarantee you, he is thankful for that win. 
Does it make you? Does it, I'll ask your opinion on it. You'll tell me what. You'll tell me the truth. Um, you know, last night I, I said that it rubbed me the wrong way that he's still like talking about the players constantly. Mm-hmm. Like he's constantly talking about recruiting or th- you know recruiting recruiting better. You know, got five guys on each side of the ball who plays. Blah blah blah. Like, uh, does he? Does it bother you that he's yet to say anything about like coaching? Um, like publicly. I don't mind the five guys on each side of the ball thing. Oh no, I I, I, I don't mind it either. But like at a certain point, I would like if he would say, "Yeah, we didn't have a very good game plan." Or, I mean, yeah, on, we, on we haven't really put these guys in position to win. And on one hand, like I agree that the five guys, I agree with the five guys thing. I mean, I think there's guys that you can tell that have bought in. And they look like, excuse me, they look like totally different players. I mean, Balin Buchanan looks like a completely different player. Yeah, Buchanan looks great. I think Tuttle and Phillips are bought in. I mean, it sucks that they're seniors, you know. But. Yeah, yeah, Tuttle and Phillips both look really good. Balin Buchanan looks great. Drew Richmond has been a completely different player. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I think on each side of the ball, you could probably go through and find the guys who are really bought in. Callaway and Jennings have. Yeah. Ty Chandler has looked great. I mean, I'd say Garantano too. Honestly, like I mean, yeah, I would say Garantano has bought in, and Garantano never complains about just getting crushed mm-hmm. and having a, a, a an offensive line that can't false that can't not jump. You know, um, I don't like. I think it is distasteful to bring up recruiting on like live television and at the podium. I don't I think that is distasteful. I don't think that Pruitt has necessarily like shirked the blame and said, you know, it's not my fault. Um I think they've made great adjustments and they've known that they can do better and they have. Um I also don't know like what adjustments you can really make if you just can't stop a zone read against South Carolina because you don't have middle you don't one of your middle linebackers is terrible or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. Um I think it is distasteful to talk about recruiting at the halftime interview like you did against Alabama. Um and at the podium and post game I, I don't like that very much. I think like I think you need to go in there and like you need to say like you need to be with these you need to you need to tell these players you just be like hey you're my people you are what i have and i wouldn't trade you for anybody in the world and no matter what happens whether we win or lose we're going to do it together and we're going to do you know we're going to give it everything we have so you're looking with the uh the old what what urban meyer said pretty much i don't even know what he said yeah i mean like there's a there was a clip that went around or i guess someone basically called Pruitt out from like ohio state or from somewhere that was like here's what Here's what Pruitt said after this game, after the Alabama game, basically. And here's what Urban Meyer said. And basically, Urban Meyer had said pretty much the same thing as, like, basically how he hates coaches, talking about how he has to recruit better and get his guys in there. And said, the moment you accept the job, they are now your guys. Yeah, like, like yeah, I mean, so we all know that there's a lot of these people on this team that, like, Jeremy Pruitt didn't recruit. Like, how many people play that he recruited? Dominic Wood Anderson, um... Like Taylor, Taylor, feel quick getting kicked out. Um, Taylor Thompson and Flowers. I mean Emmett Gooden. Emmett Gooden's in every now and then. 
I mean, Emmett Gooden was committed to UT when he was out. Of, I know he signed with like Mississippi State or whatever, but like Emmett Gooden is from Tennessee and had committed oh, yeah, to no, Tennessee. I, I, I just mean like guys that came in on his first class, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so, but you know, whatever. Because I mean, Alante, Alante is kind of a similar situation. I know you yeah, got him Alante back, is but a similar situation. So, but there's a, there's only a handful. Like there's very few. So like, dude, we know that these aren't your guys, but you took this job, okay? They are your guys. It does kind of suck to get constant reminders about it. Like if I'm the if I'm a player, like it would be one thing. Like it's one thing as a player, in my opinion, it would be one thing as a player for the guy to go up there at the podium and him to rag you out as a team and say, "I only got five guys on each side of the ball who have bought in," and it's very obvious who those five are. We all know who they are because you can watch the game and see who has turned the corner. If I could get every single other person to play like those 10 guys, then we would be in business. That's one thing. There's a part it's of me that just thing, wants to – It's there's another a, thing to say, you know, I've got 10 guys right now, five on each side of the ball, and I'm not going to get any other others. I'm not going to get any others that play like that until I get another recruiting class in and I get whole other new guys. Like, no, dude, no. You've got games left with these guys, okay? And they are your guys. And so – I just think it's distasteful. I just appreciate every now and then if he was just like, yeah, Will Friend isn't coaching this offensive line worth a shit. Like, yeah, Tyson Helton, uh, yeah, didn't really earn his paycheck this time. If he's not going to do better, we'll find somebody that can come in and do it. I mean, because yeah. at a certain point, like, these, these guys are making millions of dollars. You can hold them accountable is the way I look at it. I mean, I, like, I think that, like, you can't go up there and you can't say my offensive line coach is garbage when you're in the process of, getting the number one overall player in the nation or whatever Darnell Wright is. Oh, yeah, sure. And, like, if he wants to do – I mean, even if he doesn't want to call them out by name because he doesn't call the players out by name, but if he wants it, to call, like, just, you know, say coaches, every now and then that would be nice for me. Yeah. I just get tired of it, like you said, uh, not to agree with Urban Meyer because, obviously, going to Florida and going to Ohio State, you already had good players. You didn't necessarily need to get good players. Yeah. I mean, it, it is totally different to have – if you're ever Meyer to have fought to have fallen in the footsteps of Jim Trestle as opposed to Butch Jones. Quick time out to tell you about our friends at Premier Construction and Restoration. If you are in need of a general contractor, give my friend Brad Richardson a call. 423-404-3255. 423-404-3255. If you need information on how to get in touch with him, just hit me up on Twitter. I'll get you in touch with him. You look him up on Facebook. Facebook, Premier Construction and Restoration, based out of Kingston. On Friday, he took uh, me and my girlfriend around, riding around, looking at some of his work as we get set to uh, build our own house. And he walked us through his work and showed us what to look for, the best material, uh, what to do next. Got us in touch with an architect, recommended an architect, told us you know basically the next couple steps and walked us through everything we need to do. I appreciated it. He will give you that same type of attention. Appreciate Brad for his support, Premier Construction and Restoration. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch if you want to join. Seth, no no new patrons this week. Sad. That's sad, sad affairs. No new patrons this week. We got no one to love. We got all this love and no one to give it to. Sad. I still love the guys that stick with us, though. Oh, that's true. We do love them. I just haven't written all their names down. We do love all them. I hope they never forget it. All There's right, let's 330 get... of them, so we ain't got time. Yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot. 
Let's go through some patient questions. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, t- looking for Tennessee stuff. Um, okay, there's not much Tennessee stuff, so we'll just get into this. Outside Clutter wants to know your thoughts ahead of the general election. Uh, or your general no thought, idea. your general thoughts ahead of the election. Excuse me. Uh, the midterm election. I guess Ted Cruz will win pretty handily. Um, I guess I'm assuming Blackburn's gonna win Tennessee. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Like I, there's like there's not an, like I don't know. I don't know. The only one I've really read anything about is Ted Cruz is gonna beat that Beto O'Rourke dude. So I don't really know. I went and I registered to vote for the first time, and I went and voted. I did yeah. my I did my civic duty. I know Levi did too. Levi said that we canceled each other out. I I, I don't know how people will receive this. I don't necessarily care. I don't mind to talk about it, but I went and I voted for Bredesen. I hate Blackburn's yeah. commercials. Oh, they're they're miserable. I hate them, and that they're was awful. En- and that was enough for me to say I'm out. I'm going to vote for Bredesen. Like, her commercials are terrible. Like, she just – I just don't know, like, how she became a politician. That was enough for me to get out and vote. Yeah. Just her commercials pissed me off enough where I was just like, okay, I'm going to uh, go and spite you for spending. I, I saw uh, on TV this morning they were saying, like, $70 million have been spent between those two. I mean, that's, that's sad. That's on, pitiful. On, on advertising. That's pitiful. Think about what seventy million dollars could do for like poor people. They, I mean, for anybody, yeah. Like they, they went yeah. through on the news and was like, you know, basically laying out all the things you could do with, you know, that could have been done with the seventy million dollars. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, it's a lot. I saw like neither Haslam nor Corker would admit that they voted for Blackburn. Really? Yeah. Is it supposed to be hotly contested? Like you said, you assumed she'd win. Like, is there like a, is it like a considered well, I mean, toss-up like yet? A, like he's the, like the, a. The last I saw, a, the last I saw was like I, I thought I, I saw she's like leading by three or four points, but I'm not sure. Um, I mean, he was a very popular whatever he was governor. Was it? Yeah, and so like he's and an mayor, old school and Democrat, like and mayor of Nashville. Like he's an old school Democrat, so. I mean, this is the state that produced Al Gore. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not surprising to me that he's popular because, I mean, he's an old school Democrat that is like pro labor or whatever. I mean, and she is just she is very unlikable. I mean, she is she is very unlikable. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything. I mean, I'm sure she'll win. I just saw I, I saw some figures and said something like early voting in the in, in the midterm election is up seven hundred like sixty percent from yeah. where it was in two thousand fourteen in the eighteen to twenty nine year age range. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder like if a influx of new young people and obviously an influx of how much Vander or Nashville has grown. Yeah. Over the last four or five years, like if that will be enough to make a difference. I mean, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Like, I, I have no idea. I assume she will win, 
the only one that I've really paid attention to is the Ted Cruz O'Rourke, and like he's going to win pretty comfortably, it seems. I love that the I love that Ted Cruz like his idea of becoming like more likable is just to joke around about being the Zodiac killer. Yeah, like that's the way he tries to connect with people. Like on one hand, like you you got to tip your hat to the guy for just embracing it. He did a little bit too late. Like, if he had done it during the presidential election, who knows? Yeah. I, d- I doubt it would have made a difference. I don't think it would have either. He's just – he's too – he's not pretty enough to be president. Like, I'm not saying Donald Trump's like a good-looking guy, but if you put them side by side, like, women are going to choose Trump. Like, Ted Cruz is just too ugly to be president. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, he's he's a brilliant man. And, but he's just, he's not a pretty man. God blesses us all in different ways. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I mean, he is pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's not aesthetically pleasing. He does look like Eddie Munster. Yeah. And he just looks pained. He always looks, he always looks just, he has a pained expression upon his face. What are the general, um, I guess, Florida? Florida's the other big one, right? I know about their their governor race, their yeah. race for governor. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, that's the one that's gotten pretty, like, racially heated, right? Yeah, but I can't ever, like, I don't necessarily know that, like, DeSantis hasn't really... To me, he hasn't really said anything racially charged. It's just been mudslinging back and forth. And when you throw around accusations of racism, well, it's going to perk some ears up. He, he He's the one who threw out the monkey, don't monkey this up, right? Yeah, that was what it was. And then there was some language in his book. Like, he wrote a pro-Constitution book. And, like, the, the dude he's running against tried to say it was racist or whatever, and it was like a pro-Constitution. I mean— Well, then he had, he had someone in his camp that basically said that Florida was a cracker state and that they're trying to cash in on white guilt for this election. He had yes. To, he had to fire someone who had said that. So, like, I think, Which, it's, I think it's from both sides. Yeah, it probably is. I don't know. I mean, both guys seem to me to not be cut out to be governor of Florida, but what do I know? Yeah. Well, you got any other general? You got any other thoughts on the uh, on the midterms? No. Okay. Well, there's the first page. I question. think I think voting is bad, and most people shouldn't be able to do it. That would be my general thoughts on 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 any election. I think. How do you How do you solve it? I don't know. Like an make IQ, people, take, an, make an, people an, take an IQ test. And I was going to say an IQ test. A I've, I've heard of that before. I mean, I, a a understanding of the issues. I mean, I, I don't know because, like, I, I I hate like I don't want to act like some like obviously like the the interest of the blue collar workforce has to be put in like that has to be put in a high regard by politicians and like Mm -hmm. if you start taking iq tests of blue collar workers well it's not going to test out as high as the iq of the people that i work with yeah i don't think i don't think an iq test is the way to go yeah i mean i don't know how you fix it i think that in a country of was it 330 million the idea that stuff is going to come down to a head count and that that's the best way to get things done i don't i don't think so 
kind of like the I, I kind of like that a simple solution would be to uh, remove party affiliation on the ballot. I would like I would like for party affiliation to be removed from the ballot and you just see the names. And if you don't know who's who, don't vote. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think one thing that might help, I, I wonder if, like, you made, like, I wonder if you, like, increased civil servant salaries. Would you start getting a better class of politician? Like, America's best and brightest don't work in the public sector because they can get double the salary in the private sector. Yeah. I wonder if something like that would help, but I don't I don't know. It well, seems I mean, like an intractable problem. I mean, especially when you get into the, the, the figures we were talking about, right? Yeah. In terms of how much money people are having to spend. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems like an intractable problem. Didn't sound like you like, like the idea of removing the uh, party affiliation on the ballot. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how you fix it. I don't know you, that it can be fixed. Do you think it's okay just to go and roll out and, I mean, just be allowed to vote, hey, I want to vote for all Republicans and just select that option? Just no, I, think, I think that I would rather it be like Europe where you have, like, you have three parties on the right and you have three parties on the left. So you have a... You would have like a, a centrist liberal party. You would have a socialist democratic party. And then you would have like a green party that is like pro, you know, huge into the environment and into weird crap or whatever. And then on the right, you would have a center right party, a a like a evangelical party. And then like a, like a paleo conservative party that is like immigration restrictionism, et cetera. And that way, like. You have to make it. You have to make a governing coalition, and you have to get people to work with each other and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think just having two parties is good. No, and like the, yeah, the Libertarian seems, Party doesn't count because Libertarians suck. Yeah, it seems weird that there hasn't been an actual third legit party. Like actually, there was a chance too for Sanders and Trump to, you know, like there was a chance for Sanders or Trump to to make one, but like Sanders decided, you know, well, my best shot is to work within the mechanics of the modern day Democratic Party, and Trump was like, why would I do that when I can roll through the Republican Party? Yeah, because like Trump won states that Republicans don't win. Mm-hmm. You know. And Sanders got people to vote for him that don't vote Democrat. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Sanders was too far the other way. Well, see, he wasn't back in the day. Like, there's a video from, like, 2014 or 2015 where he talks about, like, he thinks immigration should be restricted. And so, like, the working class loved him because that's who loses jobs when you have a lot of immigration. And then, like, he had to change – he had to change some of his ideology because – he decided to work within the the Democratic Party. I mean, it's just like Trump ran on a platform of isolationism. Mm-hmm. And it's been two years, and we're still in Syria and Afghanistan because he's had to work within the confines of the Republican Party, which tries to export democracy to countries that can't do it. Yeah, and that don't so, even really want it. 
that don't even want it. Like it doesn't mesh with their religion. Right. I mean, Christ, liberalism is a is a Christian thing. It is. I mean, you, you you go you go ahead and you try to export democracy to Afghanistan. It's been seventeen years and we're still trying. So, I mean, I think that more parties would would be a good thing for sure. Yeah, like it, it's always kind of seemed weird uh, that the Democratic Party embraces the immigration because, like you said, it's supposed to kind of be. They're the pro labor party, but everything swapped in the mid 90s. I mean, like Trump tweeted that video of, of Harry Reid this week where Harry, this, that was 1994. That was 24 years ago where Harry Reid was on the, the, the floor, the, the, the chamber floor. And was excoriating birthright citizenship and how it's a terrible thing. Now, I'm not trying to get into birthright citizenship or whether it is or not a good thing. But, like, that was the leader of the Democratic Party for a long time, and that wasn't that long ago. And now, if you said that, you could not run on the Democratic ticket. Like, it doesn't take a degree in economics to realize that if you if you increase the flow of labor then wages will decrease because they can hire people for less and less money like that's and that's why the democratic party was against immigration up until like 24 years ago 25 years yeah, ago yeah like whatever. it just it doesn't seem to mesh like it doesn't like you're saying the you know, more people doesn't seem to mess with the okay. Let's go fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. It doesn't. Wage. It doesn't make. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, and that's why I have a problem. Like I do consider myself more liberal than most, but I can't consider myself a Democrat because of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you know we should all. So want that's why. To. That's where I'm waiting for that third or fourth party that isn't full like whatever the hell Bernie Sanders was selling. Like if you could have a guy that would come up there and say, okay, listen. We should all want to help those who are less fortunate than us that want to help themselves. Like, it's America. We should all be in agreement that the guy who pulls himself up from poverty to affluence, like, that guy is the standard for what the country should be about. Yeah. And so that guy needs to be helped, and as long as they're willing to help themselves, we're going to help them. And one way you help them is that, you know, you have to restrict the flow of labor so the guy can't be can't lose his job because somebody else is willing to work for five dollars less an hour or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, like I agree there needs to be more parties. But like if you look at Hillary Clinton, like in no part does Hillary Clinton look like she is pro labor. Like she was a, she is a member of the technocratic elite that is just a man. She man, you know, it's just pure managerialism like. You know, it's nothing about being pro labor like Hillary Clinton doesn't care about the steel worker in Detroit. And I'm not saying Donald Trump does, but like Donald Trump would at least go and rally there. Yeah, at least he would at least, least give them the time of day. Yeah, I was going to say at least saw the value the value of uh of their vote. Yeah, like he at least yeah, like he at least and it might have been totally superficial. I mean, jobs are coming back and like manufacturing jobs have come back to America in some regard. So but superficially, at least, you can say that he cared, which the other person did not. 
I mean, B Bernie Sanders did, but Hillary Clinton definitely did not, I think it's fair to say, and no other Republican does. I mean, they're Chamber of Commerce Republicans. Like, I mean, people like Bill Haslam, like, they suck. You know, I mean, these are Chamber of Commerce Republicans who just don't care about what happens as long as they can go play 18 holes at the country club on Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. They don't care about the nation. But, yeah, we need more parties. I guess we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know anything. I don't. Have all any, the I, all the early numbers show a lot more early voting, but I don't know. We I guess none of us know what that equals in terms of just more voters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it seems it, it seems pretty damn convenient just to go early vote. We walked in, me and my girlfriend. We walked out. You know, ten minutes later. Yeah. So like, I don't know if that means that more people have registered to vote and are going to be you know and, and are going to take this more seriously or I guess try to make some type of impact or if people just realize, hey, early voting is a lot easier. So we'll see on Tuesday what the numbers come out to. Mm-hmm. Let mm, me roll through these other questions. Uh, Patron Roberto, are the Saints the most exciting offense because of Kamara or Breeze or Sean Payton? They're not the most exciting offense. I like watching the Chiefs better. I love watching Mahomes. I would say the Chiefs are more exciting. I love watching. I love watching Mahomes. He's a treat, man. Like he's so fun. He does stuff that you're just like, dude. Like, it's like a cheat code. I mean, he is fun to watch. And he's just, not afraid to make certain throws. You know what I mean? Like he kind of yeah. has that that Brett Favre mentality. I know that gets gets thrown around a lot, but the 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 no conscience or the willingness to throw interceptions, he does kind of have that. There was yeah. one. There was one touchdown he threw today to uh, Kelsey that he had no business throwing. And then Kelsey just went up, and made a great catch. That was just fun yeah. to watch. Did you read that um, article by Bruce Feldman this past week about no, I, I, when I, Baker Mayfield and I Bruce... kept saying I was going to subscribe to the Athletic, but I haven't. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, I read it, and it was. It was pretty good, you know. I mean, it was it was about when Oklahoma beat Texas Tech sixty six to fifty nine, and like just I mean Patrick Mahomes threw for seven hundred and thirty four yards in that game, seven hundred and thirty four yards. But they were talking about like Mahomes, like Mahomes before Mahomes, Mahomes. Sorry, Mahomes. Like before he got the the starting job at Texas you think Tech. Like do try sitting back on the other side of the border. You think they're going to deport him, Mahomes? Come on. My bad, my bad. But like, I guess his dad was is was a he's a baseball pitcher. He's a, he's a yeah. He or I don't know if he's a pitcher. He might have been an outfielder, but he's a baseball player. He was a professional baseball player, With the and men's. yeah, like he was a three star recruit. And it's not really who Texas Tech wanted. They wanted Kyle Allen. They ended up going to A and M or whatever. But they saw they saw him play in high school or whatever, and checked him out. And they're like, okay, like we we've got to give this kid a scholarship, and they did. And like one of his first practices or whatever. He was scrambling to his right, and the defensive coordinator was on the sideline. He was running towards out of bounds, and he locked eyes with the defensive coordinator. And then he threw the ball, a no-look pass, across his body and across the field and zipped it, like, for a long way for a first down. And they were just like, the defensive coordinator asked the assistant coach beside him, did he just do a no-look pass and wink at me? Hmm. And the assistant coach was like, 
yes, he did. And they they just like started laughing. Like it, it was crazy. It's insane how good he is, the things he does. But I mean, they, they he's the most exciting player to watch. Yeah, I love watching their offense, and they keep rolling. And I hope they get home field in the AFC playoffs. I hope that they I hope they get home field in the AFC playoffs because I think they'll win it if they get the home field. Yeah. Uh, Justin tweets in, Butch Jones firing anniversary is 11-12. Should we start a, a tradition of smoking cigars and drinking volunteer vodka on it moving forward? I don't know what we should do, but yeah, we should, we should definitely do something uh, next Monday, the 12th, to uh, commemorate that event. Or at least, yes. maybe not that one, maybe we should just, um, couldn't decide if it should be that one or Shiano Sunday. Well, we should remember and be thankful for how far we've come. It's true. It's true. All right, Ryan. Ryan asked if we will give our all, uh, our Bruce Pearl and on era starting five and a six man. Um, we'll end, we'll end on that. Not going to end on a an NBA quiz. We're going to do the evolved basketball roster instead. We're already at fifty eight minutes, fifty seven minutes. Okay. Um, all time. Okay, so I would have. C.J. Watson at point guard. You asking me or you telling me? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I thought we were talking about this. I mean, I was gonna see what your team was gonna be, but I mean, I guess we'll just do one combined one. We'll just do one combined one. Um, is Watson? I mean, Watson obviously went to the NBA. Yeah. Right. So he's had a he's had a, he had a long NBA career. Is he the best point guard we've had since the Bruce Pearl era? I would say so. Oh, it's it's just it's just post Bruce Pearl, right? Yeah, from O. Okay, then then Watson has to be the guy. Yeah. Um, shooting guard would be Lofton. The uh, we're, I'm, the way I'm doing this is I'm going with their peak at Tennessee. Okay. Okay. I'm going with their peak at Tennessee. Okay, so who would you have at the two? Man, I might, I might, I, I don't know. I might bring Lofton off the bench. I was thinking Jawan for six man. You're bringing Jawan off the bench. Yeah, I was thinking Jawan a six man. I I just think if we're going with Lofton, I think if we're going with Watson at point guard, we can't go with Lofton at the two. I feel like we're undersized at that point. Yeah, yeah, we are. But like, who are you going to put at point guard? I don't know. I mean, I I I kind of like the backcourt of Watson and uh, Richardson at Richardson's peak. Yeah, I mean that, that NCAA tournament run with Richardson. So you, I just think I Richardson. Say, I think Richardson's a better two-way player than Lofton. Yeah, for sure. I would have Richardson at, at like I would have him next after Lofton. Like I would have Watson, Lofton, Richardson. Oh, so you're going to go with Richardson at three? Okay, maybe. Yeah, I would have Richardson at the three. Um, at the four. I don't know. Like, Tobias Harris would be the most talented. Yeah. I mean, I, I sure. I mean, it, it, the easy answer for me would be to go with the NBA guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, Admiral did things less. I mean. Admiral shot, Ad, Admiral shot 40% from three last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I, I don't know. 
I like my original my original gets my original choice would be Tobias at the four. Uh, here, here's here's my five. I think I would go with. Uh, I think if I was doing my five, I'd go Watson, Richardson, Admiral, Tobias, Stokes, Lofton. That's my six. Yeah, I think that'd be the six I would do. I think that's pretty hard to beat. I feel like I didn't, I, I didn't I feel, think about putting Schofield at the three, but you could. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at that point you have a good defense. Yeah, you're a little undersized down low, but. I mean, I think Stokes is about, about as big as any center we've had. I mean, I know he's not as tall, but. Yeah. I mean, what is he doing now? He's in the NBA. Okay. He bought battle. He's battling back from an injury. I don't know if he's actually getting to play. He he signed with the Heat to some type of contract. Um. But I don't. I don't. I don't think he's actually playing. He's still only 24. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I, I did know he signed some type of contract with the Heat this off season. Okay. I mean, it, it like I think one thing that what this has shown me is that it is a shame that um, Josh Richardson didn't get to play on a really good Tennessee team. Do you think people are going to be pissed that I, I'm bringing Lofton off the bench? Maybe, but I don't know how you can really hate it. I mean. It says a lot when you don't put Jawan Smith on that team because you love him. I know. I just feel like Watson's a better point guard. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, pure point guard-wise, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we saw what happened to those teams, right? Like, they were just undersized. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lo- I think a lofton Jawan team is going to get you some excitement, and it'll get you number one in the country, but then when the tournament time comes, uh, they're going to come up short. I mean, the Sweet 16's a max. Yeah. And then – and then not even a good Sweet 16 performance, right? Didn't Louisville beat our ass? Yeah. I feel yeah. bad for saying I'm bringing Lofton off the bench, but I think i got to bring Lofton off the bench. Yeah. I just value defense too much. Yeah. I mean, what, Josh Richardson in that NCAA tournament, man, was awesome. Yeah, I and mean, then he had a then he had a great you know senior season, right, with no yeah. help around him. With no help. Lofton was so damn good, though. I mean, he was awesome. I'm not leaving him off the team. I'm not leaving him off the team. I just think at his peak, man, Richardson, let's see, 16 points a game, 3.6 assists, could do some playmaking, obviously lockdown defense, shot 50% from the field, 36% from three. I mean, he was a, he was a really good his senior year. Yeah, I mean. He's had absolutely no help. He just had absolutely no help. You know, Chris Lofton was simply a joy to watch play basketball at Tennessee. I mean, no disrespect to the legend Chris Lofton. You know, it's simply a joy and a blessing to watch play basketball when he was on his game. When he was on, I mean, there weren't, there's not many more things that were more pleasurable than watching Chris Lofton put on the orange and white. Yeah. And But Josh Richardson all around is just so stout. And is going to have an awesome NBA career. I'm, yeah, I mean, he, dude, he's been awesome this year. Yeah. He's he's one of the best assets in the in the league right now. I mean, the way he's he's a twenty points a game scorer and good defense on a you know ten million dollar contract in the next three years. Ten million per. That's a pretty that's a that's a bargain, man. I don't know Lofton's Lofton's junior season. He averaged twenty eight points a game. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. 28 points a game, 42% from three. Oof. 
That's 28 so good. points a game, man. That's so good. But he's, he's on the team. I didn't, I didn't leave him off the team. He, he's coming off the bench. I mean, 28 points a game, uh, dude. Yeah, people are going to be mad. Think about that. That's crazy. 28 points a game, 56.6% from two-point range. No, it's it's 20.8 points a game. Yeah, yeah, 28 point game. What did I say? I thought you said 28. No, it's 28.1 points per game. Oh, okay. Yeah, 28.1 points per game. I'm with you. He shot over 56% from two-point range, 42% from three-point range. Yee. I mean, I got him coming off the bench. He's going to play you equal You got him mi- coming on the team. I mean, yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to play equal minutes. He's just not getting the start. Yeah. Yeah, people are going to be mad about that for sure. We're an hour and four minutes, man. An All right, brother. I just love talking to you, though. I know. I love you. I hope you have a good night. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, I'll see you Saturday. Yes, sir. We'll- I love you, John. I'll be talking to you soon. See you, brother. Holy walk, rest in peace to Robert Neely, rest in peace to our opponents. I get my tickets from a scalper out at Thompson Bowling. Breeze Ranch, yeah, we got you, fam, we got your back. All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? We bleeding orange till we die. R.I.P. to Reggie White, putting on for A65, kneeling stadium at night. Volunteers are religion, this is what we believe in. This is Reed Ranch trying to help you get through the season.